good, mate. Had a little pump up. Well, next to mine, not quite so impressive, <laughs> but you look all right, yeah. Like I said, he's cut, mate. In my own head, I'm not that bald, but I see what I mean. I'm like, gone, it's over. Oh, look at that. It's a shiner. Yeah, it looks good though, mate. You got a good shaped head for bald, mate. Yeah. Like, my shaped head's fucking terrible, mate. When I start to go bold, it's not going to be a good look. Nah, but you're, you're a fighter. You can get you just look harder. I need to get my ears more cauliflowered up, don't I? Yeah, they're Get looking a bit fatter. Mine are pretty cauliflowered now. I don't know why. I haven't really done that much. Boxing, I think, more than anything. Yeah, no, we'll do it. Well, yeah. They'll do it as well. Uh, we're rolling, by the way. <laughs> okay, so we can, sound. We can, just, we can just go for it. Okay. I'm, exi I'm excited to talk to you. Um, Let's pull this to your face. Yeah. I'm excited to talk to you, because, one, you've done a lot. Yeah. You've done a lot of stuff. So I listened to a podcast that you were on. Um, I can't remember the title, but I found out you were a teacher. Yeah. Found out that you'd had a stroke at 30. Yeah. Yeah, you, look like <laughs> you sound like you forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I had. It's gone there. Um, you've mentioned door work. Yeah. I've been training with you. S&C coach. Yeah. BJJ. Yeah. Like you've done a lot. Yeah. Uh, and the other reason is you're now a teacher of mine as well. Yeah. And um, I kind of hold teachers in high regard. So I always like to get to know as much as I can. Because um, I think I'll be on this BJ journey for a while. For hopefully forever, mate, not a well, while. Hopefully, as long as I if I stay fit, like we we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, but you mentioned it's kind of one of the one of the obstacles to overcome. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. So should we start with the BJJ? Yeah, talk? yeah, of course, mate, yeah. Um, one of the reasons I find it so goddamn hard is because when you walk into an environment where 90, what do you reckon, 98% of people in there can kick my ass? Uh, in a sport jujitsu context, probably. Yeah. Yeah. If you've got some other combat experience, then you know it's easy to it's easy to forget. Like it gets a whole lot harder when someone's punching you in the face, or you've got to start and get through strikes. So if you've got a bit of a bo boxing background, then in a real fight, possibly not. But yeah, in in a straight up on the floor grappling match, then yeah, probably. Maybe not 98%, but yeah, good. In the 90s. The vast majority, right? Yeah, the vast, yeah, if you turn up to the advanced classes, and that's, you know. Yeah. But that's the exciting thing. That's when you know so much real, when you think. You it know. is exciting. And I think this is where the resilience and almost experience of knowing that to get better is something you've got to suck. Yeah. I can imagine a lot of guys would probably kind of bow out at the point they realise that For sure. they've got so much to do. For sure. Especially if you've, if you've been quite competitive or, or I've been, always been fit and healthy. I've yeah, always yeah. been strong. I've always been one of the best yeah. at what I did. And then I <clears> stepped <throat> into the boxing ring and bowed out because that was a painful education. Yeah. You know, broken ribs, broken nose. Yeah. And BJJ, I kind of, I kind of come, I got humbled very quickly. I kind of thought, it's not going to be as painful as, as boxing, but I'll be better than yeah. what I was, and I wasn't. Yeah, we all thought the same. Yeah. You're, not, you're not alone. I think everybody thinks the same thing. The, the problem you've got with, with jiu-jitsu is, and any combat sport really, is blokes inherently just overestimate their combat ability. It's one of those things that everybody's, you know, they're like, oh, you yeah, know, I'll just do that. I mean, the amount of conversations I've heard where people mm. have told me exactly what they do in a fight and exactly how it's going to go down, and it's like the most absurd thing ever. And you just equate it to anything. Like, have you ever played badminton with someone that's half decent, county level badminton player? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I have actually. Yeah. It's, it's, but it's so so, you, so you've experienced. So it's ridiculous. You yeah. can't. You, they're just yeah. toying with you, yeah. and they're shit. They're only at county level playing, yep. and then you see them against a national player, and they get made to look like you looked against them, and then you look at the Olympic level, and the, the same thing happens again, and you can't comprehend it. And the same on a football pitch. The same, you know, a, a more obvious in one-on-one -on -one sports like a, a tennis court. You go against someone that's half decent at tennis, squash, the same thing. You know, volleyball, any of these sort of sports, in, and you just look absurd. But mm. it's like oh, that's, I'm no good at it. Table tennis, same thing. 
you know. But for some reason, if it's got a combat element to it, every I'm going to do all right. I'll do all right. I'll come big and strong. And it's it's just no different to any other sport. You know, it takes time to learn, and you know. But it's painful. Uh, it's it, a painful way to learn, right? It, 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 it can be. Yeah. It can be. It can, it can be if you <laughs> go that. If you're one of those guys that overestimates your ability, yeah. then that's yeah. when it gets painful because yeah. you know you've got you've got the throttle down on full. So everything's, you know, there's loads of tension and, and built up inertia there. You know, things are going to start snapping and cracking and popping, but you're doing it against someone that understands how to play the sport. Well, look, you're in the PT world as well. So like half of our game or half our job is to manage people's expectations. So I instantly, whenever I work with a new guy, I can, like you say, that is so clear. Like this guy overestimates his willpower. Yeah. And if you do that, you're in for a bit of a shock, which is fine if you take the lessons and apply and then continue on the journey yeah. i think that's where a lot of guys will just bail because i'll be like i'm so less further down the line than i thought yeah yeah for sure especially like when it comes to there's a bit of macho-ness about wrestling and fighting there just is that you're not yeah, gonna get away sure. from but i think one of one of man's greatest fears is feeling in, incapable so the, with bjj you can feel like you're about five years old mm -hmm. being toyed with and pa you feel powerless i think that's the word yeah when i wrestle against you and tom it's like yeah i'm this you could kill me yeah yeah you could, and there's nothing I could do about it. It's, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a strange feeling. Yeah, it's quite well, a nice as well. That's weird. It's the, like, the drowning analogy is probably the best one, isn't right, it? You know, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, it. it's being in the pool and, yeah. and not being. And no matter how hard you kick, how hard you, you know, flour your arms around, you're just sinking. Yeah. And it's just getting worse and worse, and you're getting deeper and deeper. And it's horrible. It's you know, and I have the same thing as well. So because I, I came from, a, I've done so many martial arts as well. I've got uh, four black belts. Uh, and instructorships in seven different martial arts. I'd done a lot before I came to jiu-jitsu, and I was doing the JKD at the time, and I was rolling around with a lot of guys in there kicking their ass. So it's not like I'd never grappled before, but my first experience of real jiu-jitsu was against Bradley Osteemer, who went on to become one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. But he was only a brown belt at the time, yeah. and a little bit like you, exactly the same line. I thought, probably going to lose, but I'll do all right. And then he's got me up in the air like a small child, literally helicoptering me around in the air, flipping me, dropping me into submissions. And I'm just like, that's what I've been searching for my whole life. You know, you see it in the movies, the little Chinese guy that could just throw you around. Yeah. I never ever found that guy, but ended up being a, a young, cocky little Brazilian, that, you know, <laughs> a young, handsome man that had yeah. to put me in my place. But just amazing. But you have two reactions to that. My reaction was to be inspired and go, shit, that's it. That's what I've been looking for. Other reactions are to just go and make excuses, tell yourself it would be different if you could punch him in the face and just walk away from it. So, who, where was <clears> that found then? That attitude that you went to be inspired, like was that something that was given to you and installed in you, or did you have to discover that like through your own methods? I just think I'd been training martial arts for so long, and I was always unimpressed with everything. You know, I wanted to be, I wanted to, um, like I remember doing taekwondo, and I, and I wanted the black belts to be able to toy with me and me to go, wow, that's the journey to there. And then most of them I could beat within the first month and they wouldn't spar you or you'd get them going, you, 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 can't, you can't go hard or don't do that. And I'm like, but I'm like a yellow belt and I'm 15 and you're a third degree black belt and you're 35. You should be able to absolutely kick my ass. And they couldn't. Who got you into martial arts? Uh, I got myself into martial arts. I don't know, Ralph, Ralph Macchio from the Karate Kid, Van Damme. Yeah, you know, okay. a, ch a child of the 80s. Um, you know, Bruce Lee, all of those kind of like, you know, yeah, like, you know, martial arts films of the 80s. Yeah. So you were just watching films and then took yourself off down the martial arts yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no encouragement from folks or? Almost the opposite, to be honest okay. with you, because yeah. I, I was a bit of a dickhead and I think they thought it was going to, some parents realised that it's going to help their child and focus the aggression. My parents just thought I'd be going around yeah. punching people in the face 
Yeah, so. I think for the majority of kids, it would help channel. Oh, for sure. Channel. And sure. Th- th- in the conversation in the podcast that you're on, it was it talked about in, in schools. Yeah, and you said it's just it would never happen, uh, and it's a shame. Oh no, for sure. You know, I mean, the, the the model they've got in America with the NCAA's and that whole pathway to scholarships and the way they support sport, right? From mm. in, in every sport as well, not just the combat sports, but you know, they're just they're light years ahead of us. But it'll never ever happen in this country. It's just you know, yeah, too protective, right? It's just. Yeah, just just the whole model, everything. I mean, you, we could speak for ten hours on what's wrong with the education system in this country, and yeah. it's you know they've just they've got it massively wrong, and it's get, it's getting worse. The you know the, this namby pamby modelling, you know, uh, that's kind of where I started to kind of bow out of it, and you know they're going around interviewing teachers, and they you know I'm just like, no, you need to you need to be a man. There's mm. nothing wrong with that. This this idea that you shouldn't be strong and powerful, and you it's, it's wrong. It's you should be you should be frightening you should be absolutely like you know the most dangerous person you can be that's you know but then because those people generally like i've met some scary people some like frightening people and they're the nicest guys you'll ever meet yeah it's people that have got insecurities that tend to yeah. want to puff their chest out and start fights with you and stuff like that in a good club you wouldn't you just won't get away with it anyway no exactly if, you, you can't know. bully in those clubs yeah, yeah you just yeah. can't i mean th- th- there are toxic clubs and and that filters down from the top down so you know, there's toxic, clicky clubs, and I, there there are lots of them around, and that's why you know people walk through the door, and I'm like, please go and try somewhere else. Like, like I'm not precious about it, and I will. I've got no problem with people training at multiple places. They tend not to, because yeah. they tend to. Have, you know, I'm really confident in the product we offer, um, but yeah, we're not we're not protective about it at all. Like most, especially the jujitsu things, really bad. Like you can't train anywhere else, and I'm like, what? That's ridiculous. You should go and train everywhere else. It's going to make you better. You know. And, and if you feel like you fit in somewhere better, then then that's where you should be training. I used to get really offended about it um, in my younger years coaching, but I think it's it's part of the journey. And you know, um, but uh, there are there are those toxic clubs where you will get bullied, and there is a sense of you know beat at the new guy and all that sort of stuff. But we try to build, breed a really kind of friendly atmosphere. Yeah, you know, everyone's really welcoming. Everybody tries to look after everybody. People try to look after the new guys. But if you do come in with an attitude, and like I mean, I, I teach at the university, and I, I say the same thing because that's just a room full of beginners, and there's always one big uni student that's lifting a bit of weights, and you know, I give them the same line. I'm like, if you want to go hard, 100% fine, but you're going with me because you're not going to hurt one of the you know eight stone girls smashing them around on the hard mats. It's, it's just not going to happen. But so I've got you know, and I try to roll with everybody, like every new guy that comes into the the gym. I'm, I try to be the first guy they roll with, or, or definitely within the first couple of rolls anyway, um, just so we can kind of gauge where they're at. And, you know, yeah. if you're friendly and you're respectful, then everything's, you know, it's going to be easy. Uh, were you intimidated when you came to roll against me? It was a little bit, mate. Yeah, I right, had that, yeah. that, that, that adrenaline <laughs> bubbling in me. I was thinking, this is going to be embarrassing. I think the problem with, like, you can take exceptions. Like, you hear on the news, like, oh, a cage fighter did this, or somebody was violent who was trained in this martial arts. And they take the exception. But what I've found is that it, it actually treats you the opposite of those things. Like if you if you know you if you if you feel confident and you feel dangerous, you're less likely to use it, I believe. But like say like from just a small time at the like that I've been at your club, I've learned a lot of respect as well. Because like you say, if you if you take the piss, you will get put in your place. So I kind of like that because like you can take the piss. Yeah. But here's what happens. Yeah. So like it teaches you like what you can get away with and what you can't. And I think you need to know that as well. And it, I think sometimes in life you have to cross a few boundaries. And you get pulled back, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I love about like a hierarchy. Yeah, it's a good place to step into. Yeah, and I, I don't know what age you can uh, start at your club, but the first class I saw was a kids club. 
And again, you can see, you, I can just see ahead for their future. They're going to be awesome athletes, disciplined, yeah. good people that know they could fucking kill you. Yeah. And that's why they won't. Yeah. You can just see it. Yeah. See the confidence coming out. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we've got kids that, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I never, at the very start, I was kind of, it was a bit of a chore to teach the kids. It's yeah. by far my favorite class to teach now. You know? Why is that? Just, well, I can do exactly what I want. I mm. don't have to worry about injuring them. I don't have to worry about them working them too hard. I don't have to worry about their fragile egos, you know. And they're just so pliable, so moldable, you know. Yeah. Tell a kid to jump headfirst into a wall, they'll, they'll do it as hard as they yeah. can, you know. Um, I kind of like, it's like that thing in the Matrix where they, they the, the rules don't apply and jujitsu is a little bit like that. That's the hard, the older you get, the harder it is to get people to start to, you know, treat their arms like feet and things like mm. that. It's like you, you, the rules aren't applying. The, what, the way that you've lived your life on two feet, you've got to start to change that worldview. Whereas kids, just, it's just so natural for them. They're just, you know, so pliable to do it. You tell them to do something, they're doing it 30 seconds later and sparring and pulling it off. How, how important is it to get the mixture of fun and challenge right? Because for the guys, I can understand that. Like, I know people always talk about, like, it should be fun. Like sometimes for me the reward is in the challenge itself. It's mm -hmm. not. It doesn't have to be fun. Like are the kids the same? Do you think? Like do you try and make it more fun or is it no? Look, this this is BJJ. You're gonna learn how to do BJJ and the reward will be in the, the challenge itself. Yeah, I mean that's a great, that's a great question. I tend to be a little bit less fun than perhaps I should be. It, yeah. should, it should absolutely be fun with kids. It should absolutely they should learn through play. Yeah. Uh, and I try to do that as much as I can, but. I take my jujitsu serious and I yeah. want them to train it serious. So I, I tend to be a little more over to that side of things, training quite seriously and, and our kids love it. And they're, they're really competitive. Uh, and we try to, I try to make it as fun as possible. You know, keep the coaching very small in chunks, you know, try not to give them 15 minute sermons on certain positions and techniques and try and go too deep into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it should be fun. It should be fun for everyone, but I find jujitsu fun. So, you know, learning the technical aspects of, of it is fun for me. So I think it's a little bit, and I think that's, I mean, it is, it's, it's a puzzle, isn't it, Jiu Jitsu? It is. And that's, yeah. that's the, so for me, if you enjoy problem solving, then that's, that's what Jiu Jitsu is. It's a, it's a high level problem to solve. Uh, I, I challenge you to find any young person or any man that wouldn't find reward in coming through to the side either. I yeah, think no, you just, sure. yeah, like what man the, the wouldn't pro the problem want to is, better? The problem is with, with that is you never come through the other side. Yes. Do you not even think mentally, though, you switch on and go, this is how it is? Uh, yeah, but I don't think there's any coming through the other side. I think it's you're setting yourself up for a, a, a lifetime of challenge, which but is that's great. that's the epiphany. That's what I mean. Yeah. You go, oh, fuck. I'm not going to complete this. Game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is how it is. Yeah. yeah. And you don't want to complete it. No. Because it, it gets boring. It gets, yeah. you know, and, and you, you see it a lot with a lot of black belts, especially of my generation because the game's evolved just ridiculously in the last 10 years. Mm. Like, you know, it's like a, there's been quantum leaps in, in jiu-jitsu. And I, I see coaches that got their black belts a similar sort of time to me, and they're still doing the stuff <clears throat> from 15 years ago, which is great, but they've add, added none of the new stuff in there. And I just think you, you're missing the fun stuff. Like, yeah. the, the fun is, you know, like the leg lock thing. You know, there was a, a large portion of time where I was like a white belt of that stuff, but wearing a black belt. And, you know, a couple of guys in the gym that had had the benefit of training with the, some of the best guys in the world with it. And they were coming back and they were getting the better of me with it. Yeah. So I could have made excuses or I think, shit, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to, yeah. you know, figure yeah. this out. It's yeah. another problem to solve. And what I find with, with not only kids, but like the guys that I teach, for example, we talk about passion a lot. Yeah. And we always talk about the fact that like if you if you find yourself getting better at something, you're more likely to grow into passion for it as mm -hmm. well. 
So the challenge is always welcomed because you know you're becoming more skilled. And I think if you can get past that first six months where the habit kicks in, so yeah, I'll go BJJ three times, mm -hmm. and you notice, oh, that guy tapped me out when I first came this time. You know, I did all right. Yeah, you yeah. start to get that. You start to notice your own victories. For me, that's what's addictive. You think, oh, for sure. Yeah, I am getting better. Oh, no, for sure. And, and there are those benchmarks. The problem with those benchmarks is they're not linear benchmarks. They're not static benchmarks. So you've got a guy that you both start at the same time, but one's having two one-to-ones a week and trains five times a week, and you're training once a week. And then you start to go like, why are they getting so much better than me? And a lot of the time, they might not be telling you how much they're training, or they might be going off somewhere else and training, or people just develop at different speeds. So it's... It's not a great metric to measure your progress necessarily. It can be great, and and, and when it when it goes in your in your favour, so you that person now I couldn't tap them now I can tap them and I tap them all the time now. That's a great feeling. Yeah. But when you when you lose them and they start to pull away from you, that has the opposite effect. So it's, it's a good question to ask though. Like, you know, if you if there is someone who's like getting miles better than you, it's like it's a good question. Like why are they? Because usually if you do a bit of digging, it will be like you say they're giving more time, mm -hmm. they're giving more effort, they're eating well, for sure. They're training hard, yeah. they're doing their mobility. Because that's what it's made me do. It's made me step back and go right. How do I get better at this game? Yeah. So I, now for the first time ever, I'm doing mobility work because yeah. I've just noticed how important it is. Yeah. So I, I feel quite strong when I'm wrestling or whatever, but that's not helping me. That's, you know, it helps me against maybe someone my equivalent who's not as strong. Yeah. But when I come up against a blue belt, it don't matter. They, yeah. They're going to beat me. Uh, and I find myself forced into positions that are so uncomfortable. I'm like, if I was just a little bit more mobile, I might might have a chance here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the problem, the analogy I always give is is like, for, but most blokes hear the wrong message with this. So you you tell them you go, you know, you, what you've got is a Ferrari engine, but it's in a mini chassis. You've not trained for every uh, for a while. The horsepower's there, but the frame's not. The tendons and ligaments, the structures, they're, mm. they're, they're not. And that takes a lot of time to build that up and acclimatize to 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 the to the the, the kind of platform that is jiu-jitsu that's going to take a while and if you go in there and you start redlining it you know the horsepower's there yeah. but shit's going to start falling off yeah. you know you're going to start pulling ligaments tendons things are going to start hurting and that's going to make you want to stop jiu-jitsu and that's where you've got to go right I'm going to have to back this away now a little bit you know yeah I'm learning I'm learning um, on the other side of that spectrum of like the guy who overestimates his willpower mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of guys that probably underestimate their ability as well so there's probably guys sitting at home that go, I can never do that. Mm -hmm. I can never do that. I mean, you know, I'm four stone overweight. I've, I'm 42. I've never, I've never done combat. So I think on the other end of that, like there's those guys. Why do you think it's a good idea for somebody to start BJJ, regardless of how old they are or their ability or their capability? Like, do you, do you recommend it for anyone that just wants to improve their life? No, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think, I mean, anything active is going to be good. So if you've got people that, that you know, if we, if we stick with that person that's that's overweight and inactive, doing any type of physical activity is going to be good, to, depending on what it is. Because sometimes, you know, it's like medicine, isn't it? You know, it's the right medicine at the right time. You know, overprescribe the wrong one, you're going to get worse, you know. Yeah. So like going out running all the time, that might not be great for them. Um, so you've, you've got that aspect of it anyway. So, But doing any martial art will give them that. But then when it comes to martial arts, whether people like it or not, we know now, you know, we run the experiment back in 92 with the UFC. We understand what martial arts work, you know, yeah. to argue about it for me is just, it's like ludicrous. It's like we've, we've, we've run the experiment and the experiment continues to be run all the time. We, we, you can go in there, you can go in there with Aikido if you want. Nobody does. That should tell you something, you know, it's, so we know what works. So then we go, okay, so you've got 
boxing, Thai, wrestling, judo, jiu-jitsu. Those are the big five. You know, and I, and I grant you there's a couple of other ones, you know, like like kickboxing, full contact kickboxing, those, you know, but you can say, well, that's a derivative of Thai and you can get into it. But we know those five work. Yeah. Those are, but, you know, most people will agree that those are the best five. You're 42. Good luck doing the other four. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I love judo, but unless you start, and this is where we're back to the, the, the kids thing with like, like you have to learn, like you, kids can learn and fall and, and then as they grow older, they, 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 they remember how to fall. And so if you start young and you continue to do it, same with wrestling, but you start wrestling or doing judo in your forties, you're going to get fucked up. Mm. It's, it's going to hurt. It's going to be a painful journey. Your fingers are going to hurt. You're going to, you know, and or because we're so, because you have it in your mind, because you're an adult now, and you know when you fall, it hurts. Whereas kids, they don't know it hurts, so they relax, and it doesn't hurt. And that's why you see babies fall downstairs, and they get up and they just carry on toddling off. It's mm. you know, as soon as you tense up, well, that's what's going to happen when you get thrown on a judo mat. You, you you're going to get you're going to get more injured. You know, boxing's the same. You know, I mean, boxing boxing gyms in general aren't going to show you any interest anyway. You can go in there at 42, but they're going to stick you on the bag and say, "Go and do that. Go and, you're going to go and do a road run." you know, for one day, so you'd be like, well, I could be doing this myself. I don't need to pay someone to take me out on a run. Then you're going to go and hit the heavy bag. And then sometimes, I mean, that might take you on the pads. But unless you're going to fight for them, they're not interested really with the ABAs. And then the, obviously, you're never going to get into a pro gym unless you're a half-decent boxer. Yeah. So the boxing's kind of off the... The tie is pretty good, but, you know, if, if wrestling's the hardest thing I've ever done, tie's the most brutal in terms of smashing your body. Do you know what I mean? Like, you go and do hard tie... You know, it depends where you train at. Some gyms are actually really good at accommodating older people, but it's brutal on the body, man. Your shins are going to be all bruised up. You're going to be, you know, get, you want to get kneed in the ribs a few times and mm. that's not going to feel great. So out of all of those, jiu-jitsu is one of the only ones that's really accessible and easy to learn as you get a little bit older. Um, so that'd be my first thing that I'd say in terms of like the older people. I think out of, if you want to learn a functional martial art, it's probably the best one to pick. Um, and it's, it's also much easier on the body. You know, you're based on the ground a lot of time. It's much easier to build up very slowly in jiu-jitsu, whereas the other ones, it's going to be very hard to do. Yeah. Well, one of the things that impressed me when I walked in was, like, the parents, you know, they sit on the side watching mm -hmm. the kids. They're so relaxed, and they just, they kind of just let it happen. Yeah. So when I was young, I went boxing once. This, this um, my, uh, my mum had a friend who used to box, and he said, can I take Alex? And my mum was like, yeah. So I went once, and I kind of enjoyed it, but I hated it because I was so unfit. I was terrible. And I was scared, man, because I was young, and I didn't go out of my house much. And I said to my mum, I don't want to go back. And my mum straight away was like, okay, you don't have to ever go again. And I, w I really wish that it'd been like, well, no, well, why, don't we, why don't we do it yeah. for six weeks and just see if you get any better? Yeah. And I think it's so good that the parents are there saying, go on, man, like putting it under your faith and just saying, here you go. Yeah. I love that. I think that's missing a lot today where you can, yeah, just hand your kids over in the safety and say, this is gonna toughen you up. And that's because I love you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you in that situation. Yeah, 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 I mean, you know, the support network's everything. I've said it time and time again, like we've got, I think for the first time in probably my 15 years of coaching, I've got, I've got one kid that I think possibly could go all the way, right. become a world champion. I've, I've never ever seen one before. I've, in my younger years, I thought I'd seen loads. Um, and then you realise, oh, actually, all the talented kids, they tend to drop out because as soon as they hit some adversity, mm. they don't want to do it anymore because everything came so easily. So talent's probably the least thing I'm interested in. But the most important thing I'm interested in is, is the, the support network. Yeah, That's that's the secret to success. You can be the most talented person in the world, but 
if you haven't got parents that are willing to drive you all over the place and you know I can't be at every competition but these parents are amazing they, mm. they take their kids to the competitions we had one this last weekend the world championships you know and the, you see all the groups of parents getting together and they take the kids and you know we, we've got one that that like printed out a spreadsheet and highlighted all the times you just like you know the parents love it you know yeah there's, there's an element that they're living vicariously through their kids but there's also the element of their supporting and providing them the opportunities they didn't have and you know, more power to that, you know. It takes a big commitment. It's, it's a selfless commitment. That's like true parenting, isn't it? It is. I was speaking to my friend. We had the, we have this conversation a lot, actually, with because, like I say, a lot of the guys that I teach are parents. And um, th this, my mate James, he took his kid boxing. His kid's probably, I don't know, six. And he was crying first time. And he, and he was like, oh, what do I do? Like, you know, he's saying he doesn't want to go. I know it's going to be good for him, but I don't want to be that dad that forces him to yeah. do something. So he, he just said to him, right, all I want you to do for the next hour is just focus and do your best. Like, just focus and do your best. So this isn't me saying you've got to do it. It's just, if you're going to go there, go and do your best. And he loves it now. He absolutely loves it. But I bet that's a hard thing for a parent to just kind of like cast their kid away and go, oh man, they could get hurt here. They could get beat up. Like, when, I, I don't know when the right time is when to pull your kid out of something is. Like, if your kid's still saying after six weeks of BJJ, I don't want to go. Yeah, well, we tell the do. parents. So, so, so. We're really, and this is why I think the kids' program at ours works so well, because, and it's probably a bad thing, but the, the, the business comes secondary, unfortunately, to the atmosphere on the mat. And, and we believe that's even better for the business in the long run anyway. Yeah. So we've, you know, time and time again, you know, there's parents that train there, they've pushed their kids into it. And I'm like, he doesn't want to be here. And they're, they're being little dickheads on the mat, they're doing everything with all the attitude. And like, I'm like, they need to go. I don't want them here. You know, it's... I like it when parents are like, if you don't go and tidy your room, you're not going to jujitsu tonight. Yeah. And they get upset. That's what I want. That's the yeah. kid I want coming, the kid that's excited about it. So, you know, that you've got two things. If it's the initial nerves and they're scared, because it's scary, scary for adults and parents need to remember that. <laughs> it is. It's like, if you think, is. if you're going to walk your kid into the, the uh, jujitsu gym and tell them, go on, go on, and you do the class afterwards. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> like, 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 lead by example. Like, like you do the beginners class afterwards. You're not going to have to spar, but you're going to be nervous. And adults get exactly the same thing. Yeah. It's like if I don't know somebody here, and there's there's 30 people, they're all chatting to each other, they all know each other, and I've got to go and you know, if if you're a bit of an introvert and something like that, it's hard. Yeah. And and it's always good for adults to do that because it's all like pushing your kids there and going, go on, it'll make you stronger. But it's like, well, you still need to be working on yourself as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. Lead, lead by example, but. You know, it's it's hard. So there's that initial getting yourself into the, the, the gym and kind of like easing them into it. And that's the coach's job. So I'm always like, if a kid comes back and he's crying, I'm like, if it was his first session and he left balling his eyes out, then I hate to say it, that, that that's kind of on the coach a little bit. You know, like, I mean, yeah. like if you walk in, like Penny's there straight away. She's kind of, you know, she's like, like mother hen, do you know what I mean? She's kind of chatting to him and like shows him where it is. And, and then we've got, and the kids are so nice and welcoming as well, you know, it just, you know, it melts my heart when I see some of the kids and, you know, we've got a couple of the really senior kids and they, they go over to people and they're like, oh, come over, come over with me, mm. come and sit with me. And, you know, they're big kids and they're going to get in the little kids. And I'm like, that's, that's magical. That's, that's what it's all about. So it should be, it should be easy to get over those initial nerves. Yeah. Um, but if they don't want to be there, then they don't want to be there. You can't. You can't force them to do that. You know. Did you have any struggles as a teacher then back in the day when it wasn't in the physical world and you were teaching in schools of like 
how to get the best out of it? Because it's quite different, you know, doing the physical teaching, doing the classroom teaching. Like, was that yeah. a struggle for you? Oh, it's completely different. I mean, l like I said, the kids on our jiu-jitsu mat, by and large, and again, we try to push out the ones that don't want to be there, by and large, uh, desperate to be there. They're super yeah. excited about being there. And that's really fulfilling, you know. Um, teaching kids, which is school, that don't want to be there, and a lot of them don't, that's hard work. And then dealing with the behavior is hard work. And, you know, I, I, did, I did struggle with that all the way through my teaching career um, to, to the point where I, you know, I, I stopped teaching. It was like- How long were you teaching for? 14, 14 15, 13, somewhere, I can't remember, around that. Oh, wow, a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Secondary school in the middle of Birmingham, you know, you can imagine what it was like. So, you know, and, I mean, I, I, I struggle because in, in, outside in the world, people don't start flaring their arms and coming up and getting confrontational with me because I have a way of dealing with that and you have to learn <laughs> new ways of dealing with it when it's some little shit getting in your face, kind of mouthing off at you. Um, so it, 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 was, it, was, it was always difficult for me. Uh, and I just, you know, the kids are disrespectful. And, I, you know, I, more power to any teacher out there. It's really hard. Yeah. Like People have no idea how hard it is, you know. I'd look, you know, and you, all the, oh, I just tell her, I'm like, you, you, you wouldn't. No, wouldn't. you'd get sacked. You yeah. wouldn't, you know, and you'd not only get sacked, you'd be charged. You can't be going laying hands on, on kids. Do you know what I mean? So, so now you've got to learn. And, you know, the best way to do it is to develop a rapport with the kids and do all of that sort of stuff. So, you know, um, and I always did pretty well with that. I was I was a pretty chilled out teacher, but I still, you know, it's it's just not for me. It was, yeah, I can imagine the, the kids could relate to you, like, especially you, like you fit your health, you into your sport. You, you'd think you'd think so, you mm. know, and uh, and a lot of them did, but there's you've still got you know, there's 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 still just other issues there. I'm sure, know. man. I'm sure. I'm sure parents have a role to play as well. Oh, in that, right? Like you can sure. do so much, right? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't I don't envy being a teacher now. It's not. A no, I say teacher and probably a police officer right now mm. are two of the things I would not want to do. No, absolutely. Yeah, you've got exactly the same problem, but you deal with big kids, aren't you? Yeah. You know, this new culture of filming coppers and telling them what your rights are and things like that. Crazy. And I'm watching them all, and they're like, you know, people are commenting, going, "Yeah, go on. And I'm like, I'm looking at going, "No, you're a dickhead, mate." Mm. Ozzy Asher was like what you were doing you can't stop me you can't pull me over and I'm like just be polite to him yeah. he'll probably let you go on your way but now you have to film him and start asking what his like warrant number is and start giving it the big it's crazy you know are you uh, do you know Jocko Willinkers yeah. Yeah. yeah so he's a big fan of getting the BJJ into the police world right oh yeah I mean this has been something that I've been trying to do for it's just common sense to me I, 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 I don't see what the debate is it's unfathomable mm. it's, it's, it's mind blowing you know we even offered Free training to the police force. We had an in in the, in the local police force in Leamington. Okay. Uh, and you know, and, and the sergeant that was in charge of it, like like you know, these 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 new coppers, they they haven't got a clue. They they're getting injured. They're injuring mm. suspects. There. Do you know what I mean? They don't know what they're doing. It'll be good for them. You know, we've got, I've got a link. These people are going to offer free Brazilian jiu-jitsu to the coppers. I was going to go in in the day. I was going to give my time for free. To nothing. Not interested. Wow. And you like it just it makes me want to pull my eyeballs out and you know i worked the door for years and the number of times you'd be stood out there i'm just stood with a man i'm going like watch this like a 60 year old drunk old bloke you know looks homeless absolutely pissed staggering around you've got 15 coppers trying to get him into the back of a riot van some i don't know eight stone woman gobbing off going smacking him <laughs> with a truck and you're just like what are your people pulling in the wrong directions and I'm just looking at it going, it would take me five seconds to get him in the back of that van and he wouldn't be hurt. Mm. You absolute bunch of plonkers that have, you know, you, just, you know, you've got, because you've got two types of coppers. 
and unfortunately there's a disproportionate percentage as well. You've got the proper sound copper that knows what the crack is, and he's the one that comes and learns jiu-jitsu off his own back, you know, because I've got, I've got friends that are black belts that are coppers, and they know what the crack is, yeah. and they, but they, they're inside the force trying to get it into the force, and it's still, no, there's, there's, there's this resistance to it, um, and we can talk about the reasons for that, but, and then you've got the, the milk monitor at school, the kid that was bullied, the one that's got an attitude to prove, and you're just like, you know, you've got 15 of those idiots pulling a suspect all in the wrong directions, cracking them with truncheons, tasering people, and you're just like, you know, you, you don't know what you're doing and it's just unfathomable that's a huge part of your job you know but that, that comes from the top down but the problem is there's people already in power they've got their job teaching the personal protection to the police but it's all wrong you know and it really annoys me because statistics informs every aspect of what the police do so they'll look at crime rates they'll look at where you know more crimes happen in a certain area they'll put more officers on that area you know everything's very very scientific in terms of the way that they'll, they'll, they'll look at what's happening and they'll, they'll look at where funding's going and they'll do all this stuff and they've got a lot of logic behind what they're doing they're not always right but the decisions are, and then it comes to this personal protection of officers and they get like an hour a, a year and the stuff they learn is just absurd you know some of the stuff I could show you some videos of some of the stuff that, you, that they pay to learn and it's just like we know what works and what doesn't work and the, the even the, so the worst thing now is because we know what works and what doesn't work now is all the criminals are going to train the MMA, MMA gyms. So they're all, you know, there's some shady characters that come into a lot of these gyms and they're learning how to fight. And then coppers are still learning how to do wrist locks and things like that and you're just like, this, this isn't going to work. I can, I can prove to you it's not going to work in 15 seconds. Well, I think it's just probably words in, in uh, you know, um, amongst the police officers like BJJ. They probably know what it is perhaps, but in, like I say, until you feel it, until you have someone's hands on you that's But they're not interested good. in that. So, so when they do their training, they're not allowed to do anything physical because you can't injure a copper in training because, you know, heaven forbid that, you know, you've, you've caused them some pain. And then, because then, you know, if I went into, if I went into, um, I don't know, if I went into any force around the country and I had 30 people there and I got the biggest guy and I say, come put the handcuffs on me. And then I put him on his back and I wind him a little bit. And then he goes off on the sick for six months. And, you mm -hmm. know, it's just, you know, the, the problem is in that job like the same things apply like if you got injured during work then you've they've got all these issues that they're dealing with so so the train has to be as gentle as possible so that you don't earn coppers injure coppers but then you're going to send them out there into the big wide world where they've got to potentially arrest people it's you know yeah it's crazy like you've had some big challenges then right between you know teaching in the, in the education um covid with yeah the, with the gym um working on a door um, making a transition from teacher to full-time teacher. Uh, the stroke, like I say, that you had at 30. Like, what would you say has been like the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome in your life so far? And, and what lessons did you take from it? Um, I don't... If I'm absolutely... I don't see any of them as like huge obstacles. Like at, at the time, they were just, it was just shit that was happening that you just got through. But I didn't, you know... I had my stroke, uh, luckily it affected my visual cortex. So, I mean, that, that was huge in the fact that my plan was to go into MMA when I got my brown back in mm. jiu-jitsu and that put pay to that straight away because my vision's so bad. Um, I probably wouldn't have been very good anyway. It's probably the greatest thing that ever happened to me, to be honest with you. Who you, knows? you never know. Yeah. But, um, so that that was a big, big obstacle. But you know, I, was, I was on the mat training three weeks after it. I shouldn't have been. I was, you know, but I sat there on the sidelines for. I think I think the biggest obstacle was losing my driver's license for two years because that 
yeah. that ground to be almost it was you so know. what happened then so fit fit guy has a stroke at 30 like what was going wrong yeah. with inside the body so 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 one in four people have something called a pfo so i had a hole in the heart which which is quite common it's not yeah. that you know when you yeah. when you're born uh, you're in utero um that's how you get oxygen i believe through through your body um and then as you're born this pfo closes up and then one in four people have a slight like flap on it or something like that but the way i was and it, and it acts as a filter so all the debris and damage in your body gets filtered by um by your heart essentially um but because the way i was smashing my body up both you know in the gym doing jujitsu and lifting weights and all that type of stuff you get debris that goes through and obviously a little bit of debris went through and went into my brain and wow. caused a stroke uh, so what was the damage like? Was it was it a severe one? Like were you? Well, no. I mean, it was, I, I, I thought it was quite a minor stroke. But when you look at it on the brain scan, there's a big area in my brain that's got ah. this brain dead. Yeah. Um, but it just it just affected the because I've got different parts of the brain. Mine affected the visual cortex. So like, if I, I can't see you at all if I'm looking at there and you're right next to me. So wow. it's 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 quite severe. It's kind of like um, the central macula. So the, the there's four spots inside the center vision. So like, I can't see my hand here, for instance, like at all. So yeah, it was, that was quite severe in terms of that. Um, and just woke up one morning, thought I thought it was a migraine. So I didn't go to the doctors for two days. I'd heard people for years telling me about how bad migraines were. And I'm like, shit, yeah, they're quite bad, aren't they? Turns out they're not quite as bad as my stroke. Wow, so did this rip the dream away? Like, did you have, um, you know, were you licking your wounds for a long time after that you realized that you couldn't fight? Like, did it hurt you um, like, mentally? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. But I think possibly, as much as I hate to admit, there's probably a part of me that possibly was even relieved. Perhaps you know, I'd wanted to be a fighter, but being a fighter's hard, man. It's like you know, I know fighters. You know, we have people like Jimmy Warhead come down to the gym, and like it's it's a tough life, man. It's you know, it's it's not easy. So I think you know, it allowed me to focus just on my jujitsu, which was what I really really enjoyed. So you know, that, that, there were positives to it, but. No, not really. Not really. That's, you know, crack on, don't you? Well, you do, yeah. Yeah. There's just no point in descending into these deep depressions in my mind. It was like, it is what it is. It's, yeah. you know, there's nothing I can do about it. Well, it's refreshing because, like, yeah, a lot of people would be, you hear about people losing their dream all the time and it's like, then they spend years kind of, yeah, yeah, wishing that it hadn't happened or regretting or kind of wondering what to do with themselves. So at that point, were you teaching at that point? I was training to be a teacher at that point. You're training to be a I teacher. Think so. I think I'm trying to remember. No, no, I was a teacher. No, I was teaching. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was teaching. Yeah, because yeah. And then yeah. when was the transition into full time um, BJJ? Fairly recently. Um, I mean, I'm probably teaching as many classes I'm teaching now. I think after the summer holidays, we've got daytime classes starting, so that'll be. Have you? Yeah. So that'll be. Put me down. <laughs> Put me down. So yeah, I keep getting hassled, so I'm like, I really should do it. So. The problem with that is though, I've had this before. Like, as long as they turn up, that's okay. It's when people hassle you and then they're never there. No, so. well, this is why I haven't done it, and I've got so many people hassling me now yeah. that I'm like, and I did it in Birmingham just before we we, we lost the gym there. And we'd got like a good sort of 10, 15 people on the mat. It was a good day class. So cool. I'm like, I've got enough people now begging me to do it that, you know, and if it, yeah. if it doesn't work, then we'll just cancel it. We'll run it for like four or five months and we'll, yeah. we'll see what the numbers and the memberships look like. Well, I thought you'd been doing it for full time for a long time. Because again, you're just one of those guys that just like, you just ooze passion. Like one of the things I, one of the reasons I want to come and keep training with you is because you're so passionate about it. It's like you've just discovered it. Yeah. yeah. It's like you've just discovered this this gold, and like you want to tell everyone about it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It's just infectious, oh, and everyone there. When you speak, no one says a fucking word. Everyone listens, and they watch. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and I look at that kind of stuff and you can see you've got that authority and respect of the guys there. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's nice to be in that crew. Yeah, it's nice to be in that. I, was, I mean, they're just such a great bunch of lads, you know, and we've got some really talented guys on the map. I think that's the thing that, that boosts my ego more than anything is I, I look at, the, it's not just like a, a, a group of anybody. I'm like, I've got some absolute killers on that map that want to learn from me and that, that makes me feel great. That is a, you know, that's the greatest gift they can give me is the fact they keep turning up. I'm like, these guys are really good, you know. You kind of have that, those doubts of like, oh, surely they're going to want to go and train with this guy or that guy, you know. And some of them have been and trained at other places and they come back to me and, you know, they prefer training with me. And I'm like, you know, it's great. It's, a, it's the greatest feeling ever, you know. Because yeah. that's what I'm passionate about doing. You know, I, I love teaching jiu-jitsu. Mm -hmm. So to think that I'm all right at it is, is a nice feeling. Well, you roll with everyone, right? So yeah, you're, yeah, not, yeah. you're not just shouting from the sidelines either. Yeah. You get involved. And that, I do like that, I must admit. So like, you can see everyone like, has a go with you. Yeah, yeah, and then you know they, they just realise where they're at. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's really it's really really good. So I was thinking this morning on my walk, I thought, I wonder how much mental health would be affected if like let's just take social media out of the equation for a minute. Uh -huh. and too much screen time and all that yeah, shit. Yeah. Can you imagine if you got up at the same time every day, went for a little walk, went and did your job that you found fulfilling nine to five, you ate healthy food and then you did BJJ every night. Yeah. yeah. Imagine how good you'd fucking oh, feel. No, it'd be amazing. I Wouldn't mean, it? You know, yeah. I sat there and I thought, what a day that would be. Yeah, I mean, it's a simple life. I mean, my, my, my life now is unbelievable, you know. And uh, the amount of people you sit with, and, and it's the same thing. I mean, everybody, I could go around there and I could drop that, like, oh, what would you do if you won the lottery? And every straight away and wants to engage in that conversation. I'm like, I'd do nothing different. What, I'd have probably a bigger gym. We'd have some showers. Do you know what I mean? It'd be like, it'd be exactly the way it is now. And just things would be bigger and better you know memberships might be a little bit cheaper because i wouldn't yeah. need to make a living out of it mm. you know but it'd just be like my life's amazing you know but that's you know it's but i'm one of the lucky few and that's the other thing i realized like how lucky i am to do what i, I love doing you is know? it look though because you've you've had the you've been through the i hate teaching yeah, yeah you must have had some doubt anxiety about making full-time transition oh for sure yeah and you went martial arts when you were 15 so it's not like you've just jumped into a full-time gig that you know nothing about. Yeah, it's yeah. like when you look back, this where you are now started when oh, you were 15 but or younger. That, I, was, I was like eight years old when I first started doing martial arts. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, the foundations have been building for years. And, uh, you know, I had people for years going, I'll go full-time. And I'm like, you know, but I've got kids. I've got, I've got a family and I've got, you know, I've got responsibilities. And you just want to make sure you can provide for your kids and all those sort of things. So, you know, and it wasn't even a great amount of money I was making teaching. But it was guaranteed money every every month in the bank, you know. If I if I like next week, you know, something could happen, like COVID kicks in again or something, it's all like, the members stop and it's like sure. how do I put food on the on the table? So you know, it's 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 scary, but Yeah, you, you wouldn't know. go back now though. Like, I I'm unemployable now. I've been working for myself since I was twenty one, twenty. Yeah. yeah, unemployable. Yeah. Yeah, and like you say, if, if you know full well that that's what you love to do, if you ask yourself what you do if you win the lottery and you say BJJ, yeah. like you have to pursue that. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, for me, that's what that's what misery and depression can be. It's like when you're oh, not life listening sentence, to that. isn't it? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I, d I did a stint at AXA Insurance, and from literally within five minutes, I knew that I'd end up killing myself if I stayed there for, yeah. for years. Seriously, I'm not even exaggerating. I was going there crying every morning. Yeah, you know, suit tie, have to sign out for a piss, sign back in, yeah, yeah. selling insurance, listening to complaints. I thought, what the fuck is this? Yeah, horrible. Yeah. yeah, when I'm doing BJJ, not that that's a career, but it's you're in what you call flow. 
Like you don't think about anything yeah. else other than flowing. Yeah, that's, that's all that, you think that's, about. I mean, that's the epitome of, in terms of like sports psychology. They talk about flow, flow. state as yeah. in as, as in like the, the the pinnacle. And yeah, jujitsu. Like it, it doesn't matter what your stresses are, what your worries are, whether you've you know I had a I had a guy that had a, a, a tax bill the other day for thirty grand. You know, he's like he's like he's on the edge. But as soon as he's on the mat and he's rolling around, he's not thinking about mm. that. He's not you know thinking about it when he goes back home at night time sure. but you know for, for that for that moment no matter what it is it's just the biggest stress relief you know but when depression kicks in real hard for people um it's just getting out of bed can be hard for people of course you know so yeah, of but, course. you know that's why I, I i try to talk to all the guys and and you know try and be an ear, ear for them if they want to discuss their problems mm. and you try and try and get them back down the gym it's like come and do some training you know i think there's a skill not to let yourself get away from it as well i think you know when for you're sure. in that state where you're like i've, I've got to get back into it for me for like sure, yeah. even though i haven't been to bjj with this injury for a few weeks i still not checked out because i'm i'm training i'm doing yeah. my mobility so it doesn't feel like i've got to start again in fact yeah. i'm excited about coming back it's like the person who gains 10 stone it's like well, you know when you gained one stone yeah you've got to catch it You've got to catch it. When you gain two, come on, like you've got to open your eyes and see what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time sure. you've gained ten, you've yeah. just let it get so far out of control. But it's the fuck it mentality. So especially with like weight loss clients, it's like you know, yes. you ate some shit. So what? Move mm. on. Don't keep eating shit. Ah, oh, okay. I'll have a fucking. I've eaten chocolate now. I'm gonna have four pizzas. Like you don't need to do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, and it, it, don't beat yourself up over the fact you had the chocolate. Just no. move on, crack on, and it's, of course. it's done. Yeah, I think if you can get past that. But that a lot of people do the exclu- exclusion stuff, like rather than the inclusion stuff. So, it's people ban so much that they are setting themselves to fall off. Oh, for sure. Time. No, for sure. So, like, there's an art to it. I mean, this is what I teach it. But again, it goes back to what we originally spoke about. Like, you've got to know yourself. Like, if if you're 40 years old and you haven't stuck to any diet so far, you're not going to stick to one. Yeah. Like, move on. Like, a diet is always there to fall off. So you know that going back isn't isn't the key. So it's like you have to look at all the mistakes you've made, don't you? And take them and think, well, what can I do differently this time? It's like saying instead of going BJJ five times, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just go twice a week for the next year. Yeah. Instead of killing it, murdering it. It's like you've got to to see where you fucked up before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And take on. It's like getting caught with an armbar every single roll. Yeah. It's like at some point you have to look and go, well, what am I doing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. What am I doing wrong? Yeah, yeah. But again, uh, definitely, I think there's there's a big argument that like, BJJ weightlifting any physical challenge I think intellectual people will think that that's a separate game so I know a lot of people that'll either be into business and into you know study and philosophy and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff or they're physical men Mm -hmm. and I'm like there's so much to be learned from the art of physical training like so Mm -hmm. much mentally yeah I would say I've learned way more through doing physical challenges than I have in books through courses Mm -hmm. It's taught me a lot about myself. It's taught mm-hmm. me that I'm not made of glass. Mm-hmm. It's taught me that I can bite down on the gum shield. Mm-hmm. It's taught me that I can deal with stress. It's taught me that I'm not as soft as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. It's taught me that I can toughen myself up. Mm-hmm. It's taught me that I can deal with difficult times. It shows me that I can pick myself up off the floor when I've been beaten up. I, I'd, I'd go as far as saying it's pretty much yeah, changed my life, physical exercise. Yeah. Just yeah. the lessons. I, I mean, I think, I think really intelligent people know that. I think, you know, m- most of the really intelligent people that I look to and admire uh, very physical people as well, you know, because um, it's just so obvious. It's just so obvious. I mean, you look at, um, you know, I mean, I've got, cause I've got a master's in exercise physiology. I kind of like the, the strength and conditioning side, and I like the academic side of things. Yeah. Uh, and and my wife, she's a uh, did a sports therapy degree, and I encouraged her to do that. She didn't think she could do it. She did it, aced it, got a first class degree, 
and she was doing a lot of these studies, um, looking at a lot of these modules on like the, the effects of exercise versus medical intervention. So I was reading a lot of the studies on it, and it is fucking ridiculous. It's like, so everybody wants like the doctor to go in and start cutting them open and doing the surgical interventions. But you look at exercise, and they've got data for it. It's not just like two people going like, oh, no, it'll really change your life. It's like exercise interventions. If it's prescribed correctly and done right, it just has a profound, like the, the, the graph looks like this. It's like, like this is the mm. efficacy of exercise, what it'll help with all of these problems. And then this is what surgery does. This is what medication does. This is what, and, the, all the, and it's just like, that's like 600% more effective than the next best thing yeah like what aren't people seeing like if you're intelligent go and look at the data don't, don't listen to what i'm saying you know it's it's everything you know and it's it just everybody should be doing it. like you lift you lift in your 20s for aesthetics and to look good but if you're not lifting after the age of 40 then you're a fucking idiot okay so it's that obvious right like why then that we still like a nation where more people are overweight than than in shape like let's just say like Let's just assume that everyone does know that because we're a nation of good. fucking idiots. <laughs> we have to, we have to be, can't we? There, 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 there's no other. So the, the next question is, well, then why? Yeah. And you go, well, there's government initiatives. You know, should there be a fat person tax? And then, then all the ethics kicks in, and you go, you can't do that. It's like, well, you fucking can. And there'll be people in in shape a lot. You know, if you smoke, then you know. But I'm assuming like a guy like yourself, like you don't need any of that stuff. You don't need the government saying, well, we're going to fine you if you're out of shape because you've got other motives, right? You've got other values. So I'm thinking the only thing that I can think of is people think, well, what's the point? What's the point? Like, if, if life is so short and I'm gonna and it's gonna end, like, what's the point of doing anything? That's the only thing I can think of because it's be a lot shorter if you don't know. Possibly. And but like, we all know those people who drink and they live to so, eighty, so, smoke. Yeah, yeah. Again, but go and look at the data. It's like oh yeah, you, you, but it's you, not you, scary you, enough. You're talking out like well, when you actually look at the data, it's really fucking scary. It's mm. it's, it's it's people burying their head in the sand. But that's it. I think it's so future based. So, like, do you, I mean, do you really think you're going to die? But, 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 and, and, and you will do. So, your life will definitely be cut. There's nothing, there's nothing we can do as human beings to extend our life expectancy. Mm. There's absolutely nothing you can do. It's, 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 you know, that's the golden elixir of, of everything. If we could figure that out, then people would be living to 200. There's nothing you can do. You're going to die when you're going to die. There's a shitload of things you can do to shorten your life, though. And that is statistically proven. It's an absolute fact. Um, but the scary thing, and this is where I think people need to open their eyes, the scary thing is, no, it won't kill you. No, it won't kill you. You, you, you might live to 85, 90. But you know, from 55 to 80, you're going to be fucking miserable because you're not going to be able to get up. Everything's going to hurt every day of your life. You're going to feel like shit every day of your life. You know, you see some of these guys, you know, you can just go on Instagram and see some of these guys that are like 80 years old, like cracking out pull-ups and doing sprints and stuff. And then I walk out onto that street and I see someone in their 60s hunchback, hobbling. I just think that is a miserable existence. And you've got another 20 years of that miserable existence on planet Earth unless you kill yourself. Well, it's funny you say that. They, I can't remember where I was reading it. One of the number one reasons of depression is immobility. Yeah, yeah. I can't move. Yeah. Or when I do, I'm in pain. Yeah. Which makes sense, right? Like, Because that's something that's with you all the time. For sure. So it's not just the, the, the length of life, it's the quality, isn't it? Well, that's, that's that, you know, yeah. if you're going to die when you're 40, you're going to die when you're 40. Yeah. It's like, you know, but if you're going to die when you're 80, but you're going to live like a cripple for 40 years, then mm. is there any point in life? I just don't think we're very good as humans at looking that far. Even though we know something, I don't think it truly means that we know or understand it. So I think people have a difficulty looking far ahead. So yeah. like, unless they get the cancer diagnosis there and then. Because you, I'm sure you've heard stories, right, of people completely transforming their life. It's like... Well, I've, I've, I've physically seen it. I mean, that's yeah. the benefit of doing what I do. I get to meet so many yeah. different people. And, and you, you see these people that have, you know, 
Um, just the other day, actually, literally on Saturday, I was talking to one of our brown belts that comes down like, you know, he had testicular cancer when he was like my age. Mm. And I look at him now and he's a, he's a physical specimen, you know, he's about to get his black belt. He's like, you know, an absolute beast of a human being, you know. But I, th I think he always was on the pathway to be healthy anyway, but it's just like, you know, and that there's parents of the kids and stuff like that that have been suffering with cancer since their 20s and things like that that have, you know, managed to turn it around. But it's, I mean, how old are you now? Oh, 23. 23 plus. Uh, well, I'm actually 38 this year. 38, so, you, so you're nearly 40. I'm 41. Oh, no, hold on. 38. No, you're nearly 40, man. <laughs> nearly 40. Do you know, and you got your ass kicked by a forty-year-old as well. That needs to Who's be. Who's up? <laughs> I don't know. Some 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 hench-looking guy. Mate, I could have hurt you any time I wanted. <laughs> um, I was just taking it easy, you know. You told me to take it easy. I did feel you it. Told man. me not to use my strength too much. So I you, thought, oh well. No, people were looking, mate. You didn't want to embarrass me. Uh, no, I, I didn't. appreciate it. Um, but it's like like that forty years passed like that for me. So people are like they're not very good at looking into the future, and I'm like, fuck, man. The last ten years like sure. flew by. And I know the next 10 are going to go just as quick. And, yeah. you know, and I, I, like, I had to spend 40 minutes on the roller today and doing fascia release and doing mobility work. I have to do that. It's a daily battle at the moment. Like Saturday, I couldn't teach because I couldn't move, you know. But today, I feel great because I know what to do to get my body moving again. That's good to know because I assume that you wouldn't be going through any of that. Oh, mate, it's, it's torture. Every, you know, it's like Saturday, I couldn't teach. I was having to get other people yeah. to demo the techniques. I know oh, that uh, generally, without taking the piss, that is good to know. Because, yeah. like you say, you look around at everyone and you think they've got no niggles, no injuries. That's the, I think that's the thing that everybody does wrong. Yeah. They just think, but that's that's the human condition. Yeah. Oh, woe me. It's only me that's got this Course. to deal with. Course. And you physically yeah. look strong. Yeah. So yeah. you don't relate that to soreness or injury. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's quite yeah, I've got a glass back, man. And, and jiu-jitsu is absolutely the worst. Like, lower back disorders and jiu-jitsu, that's one of the big things we're always fighting with. Mine's yeah. just starting to ease up after. Is it your back yeah. that was the problem? Back, neck, yeah, groin. Yeah, there you go. But the groin has been from weightlifting. Yeah, yeah. So, like I say, none of, BJA hasn't, like, created any of these injuries. It's just exacerbated them all. Yeah, yeah. But again, like, the positive is, like, I'm starting stretching and doing mobility. Nothing else yeah. got me doing mobility. Because I could still get away with benching yeah yeah but I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm exactly the same yeah. like I'll, I'll, I'll program these workouts and I'll have mobility exercises and all these kind of rehab exercises permeated within it and then I start to go oh, I'm alright I'm, I'm, I'm out of pain I don't need those in there anymore yeah and I can work on making my body look pretty again and then I get in pain again it's like you know I've got a rule now it's, it's part of the plan so it's no longer weights and a mobility it's the session involves mobility, yeah. weights, and strength. Like that's it mm -hmm. now. That's the future for me. Because yeah, yeah. I care about my BJJ and I want to be able to do it. And I think yeah. it hurt thinking that I might not be able to do it. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, the, you, you can get really sophisticated with the way you program the, your, your, your lifting sessions, and and it's not even like that they should like, like this is mobility, and now I'm doing bench and deadlift. It's like there's exercises that you can have progressive improvement upon yeah. and exercises in there for muscle groups that you don't even think are important that probably are really really important yeah you absolutely know. and there's some smart pro you know some smart people out there now that will you know know how to mix all of that together yeah. so like i do a lot of learning and research on this like instead of resting for two minutes in between your sets no, like, for sure. yeah, yeah. now you can do something useful yeah yeah for sure that, do you know what I mean? So you can you can condense it all in. Yeah. But I think you need a reason to do these things, like you say, whether it's um, health, sport. I think that's the best thing about starting a sport or a having a goal. Like it gives you a reason to do the work. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't be doing it if I wasn't in so much pain all the time. I'm sure you wouldn't. But um, but yeah, I think Mike Boyle, who's like one of my heroes in strength and conditioning, like yeah, he's great. M M Mike Boyle dropped the line, like you know, um, 
I regret doing all that mobility and fascial release work, said no man over the age of 40. You know, it's like, it's the truest thing ever because the number of people that I, I see almost on a daily basis going, oh, I shouldn't have done so much deadlifting, I regret all that. You know, I'm, I've never seen a healthy looking powerlifter that's a real high level competitive powerlifter oh, that, I see, that I see walking into the gym going, well, you look like you're moving, but I don't look like this. But that's like, a good example of what we were speaking about earlier. So if me and you know that, we will probably still do it though. Like if, if, if you'd have said to us when we were 30, look, you need oh, to stop deadlifting, yeah. squatting, benching, I'd have been like, yeah, nah. we don't, I think that's the, the trick. You don't need to stop squatting, deadlifting, yeah. benching. You just need variety on those movements. And, and the question is to get to them as well. Why are you squatting, deadlifting and benching? Why are you back squatting? Yeah. For, for, what, for what, what's your reason? Because if, if you're a powerlifter, then I've got nothing to say to you. You're going to have to keep squatting. Well, yeah. You're going to have to back squat because that's your sport. But if it's for quad development, there's 101 ways that I can alleviate all that pressure off your spine and still develop your quads, if not better. Oh yeah, t I totally get that. It's, it's like variety, and you can still squat, but there's sure. lots of variations on squatting. I don't have to put a bar on your back and no, I get go it. all through your spine and stuff like that. There's, I get you know, it. But if you, like, I know mobility is good for me. I know that I should have been doing it years ago, yeah, yeah. but I still didn't. And like you yeah. say, it's the pain of BJJ that triggers me. Yeah. Pain is a brilliant motivator. Yeah. It will kick you up the ass and say, no longer do you have to debate this, you have to go and do it now. Yeah, yeah. but that's where having a, a coach is great. Because if you've got a good SNC coach, yes. then you don't get a choice in it. You put their face in. And, and if that SNC coach gets them like, so if, if most men, if they're absolutely honest, they, they, they want the physique. So like, if you give them the physique, and I, I even lie to people. So I get them doing some of the PNF diagonal patterns and things like that. And they're like, oh man, that tricep work killed my tricep. I'm like, yeah, 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 sound, yeah, yeah, tricep work. It's nothing to do with the tricep. That's not what I'm doing it for. You're doing yeah. it for things like rotary stability and stuff yeah. like that. But they can believe what they want to believe sure. as long as you do the exercises. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'll tell them it's to you work on a special muscle in their leg for some. I, I, I lie. Yeah. You know, you lie to your clients. Get them. Do find a way to get them doing what you need to do. If you need to convince someone to do it off their own back, then this is a tale of humanity for thousands of years. You know. Dad said, "If I wish, I wish I'd known that when I was younger." And you just don't listen. You have to find your own path. No, I don't absolutely. think, well, you know, that that's the art of being a good salesman. You've got to you've got to sell it to people. You've got to get you've got to get buy-in. You've got to get people to, to listen to what you're saying. You know, and I, and I see some of the younger athletes doing the stuff, and I'm like, oh, I didn't do that when I was their age. Like I've got through to them. I, I sold it yeah. to them. But I must have put certain, framed the point in a certain way that I got it across. Well, you started them off on that path, though, right? It's, yeah, but it's difficult because how, many, how much great advice did you get when you were a younger man? No, but I mean, if I'm with you three times a week and I only know that way of doing it. So yeah. if I started with you at eight years old at BJJ, I would know nothing else. Whereas I created so many of my own bad habits because I started the gym... I don't know, I might have bought a men's health magazine. Yeah, and then, I mean, that's, you know, you know exactly. You're always it. fighting against the, you know, yeah, the bro science. But I mean, it's even worse now with the internet because whatever viewpoint you have on anything, you're going to find a thousand and one articles to back your viewpoint, no matter how obscure it is. Yeah. If I want to believe the world's flat, I'll pull up 50 articles Find on Google right now and, and go, yeah, and look at this and look at this and look at this. I mean, none of it's peer reviewed, none of it's validated, none of it's sourced from it, but you can find whatever you want to you know hear what you want now and that's that's a bad thing as well that's the, the terrible the, you know, yeah yeah it's misinformation tough. out there yes which like you say like when you come to a, a club or a bj like you have faith that you're being shown the right way to do it like yeah. do, doing trying to learn something on your own is one of the worst strategies ever unless it's from like you say a reputable source but even then it's more it's fun just, it's just hard isn't it it's harder <laughs> It's like me trying to learn BJJ on a, on a dummy, right? It's yeah. just, no, I need someone to show me, someone who knows what the fuck they're doing. 
Otherwise, yeah, where do I, where do I get my information? Yeah, from? I mean, you will get there, but anything you ever do on your own, you know, you try and learn a musical instrument on your own, you, you can get phenomenal. It's yeah. gonna take a lot, lot longer. Yes. If you've got a great teacher, they'll condense it down, they'll put it across in a way that's easy to understand. Absolutely. Know, no, and, and I think- to access. Yeah, and they will iron out bad habits. Because if you're- away, yeah, yeah. It's easier for me, Kev, to teach someone who's never lifted weights than it is oh, to lift for someone who's lifted weights yeah, yeah. 10 years with the wrong form. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but again, there's, there's studies on it, isn't there? They've, they've, I can't remember what it is. I mean, it's the 10,000 repetition rule. Yeah. You know, so. 10,000 shit reps. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> 10,000. And then yeah. the, the, they've, they've worked out how long it takes to unlearn bad habits. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's, there's data on the stuff. We, we, we know it takes a lot longer than it actually takes to learn it, to unlearn something that's already ingrained yes. as, as a motor pattern. And some men have resistance to unlearn things as well. Yeah, yeah. Even though they know it's, they, it hasn't gotten what they want. Yeah, yeah. So I, I remember giving so much advice out to people that come up to me in the gym and I give them the advice and then I'd see them doing exactly what they were doing before. Yeah, yeah. no, p people don't, yeah, I mean, I, I, I try not to get into it. You know, people ask me about stuff and then they want to start telling me what they're doing. Yeah. And all they're really looking for is validation. Yeah. You know, again, to quote Mike Boyle again, you know, he goes, he goes, people will literally come to my gym to see what I'm doing and then end up saying, yeah, but what about this? But what yeah. about this? And he's like, I've just showed you what I do. I do it this way for a reason. You go want to go back and carry on doing what you're doing. That's fine, but you ask me what I do. Like yeah. I don't need, need you to tell me what you're doing. I didn't ask. Type yeah. thing. It's like people people just want validation. To be honest with you, and if they don't get it from you, they'll go and find somebody else, or they'll find another source to get validation for what they want. When I joined the, uh, the I've joined a public gym probably six months ago because I've always had my own my own gym and stuff. I found it so hard to just concentrate on my own thing because I, I like to I like to help people. Oh, one, if I see someone go who's going to gonna hurt themselves. Yeah. But two, there's a lot of young lads in there. And I think, part of me thinks, you know, Alex, just go and show them how to do that properly. It'll probably help them. One of the hardest things was to was to let that go. And just, because there's so I, much I can't, faster. I, I, can't, I can't train in those those places. It's, it's hard. You know? I'm all right now. It took me a while. I, I, I don't like it because we've got another PT down at the gym as well, Alex. Um, and he's an absolute unit of a bloke and he says he can't train at his own studio because he's there so much and I'm like yeah. okay fair enough like I have to train at my own place because yeah. I like my shit when I want it when yeah, I'm like in my that, circuit yeah. like if I'm waiting for something that's part of like a, a superset or something like you, you fucking my, my yeah. routine up like you know I don't like any sitting down and waiting for stuff or doing straight sets and things like that um, but I can't go to public gyms we went on went on our honeymoon to the Caribbean and there was a, a, a gym on the on the boat and um like just going around and just seeing people just doing stupid shit and I'm just like, it's just distracting me from what I want to mm -hmm. do, but you just gotta let it go, haven't you? Well, you have to, but I, yeah, there's two things I really miss about my own gym and that's one, I can't superset much because like you say, you can't claim loads of equipment to yeah. the music. Yeah. Music's fucking horrendous. I love angry music, like proper angry teenage maybe music. You should, maybe you should stop listening to that, mate. Maybe that's why, why? you're an angry man. It's too much <laughs> angry music. We put some of uh, we've got a, a girl down there called Moti, and uh, we let her choose the music the other day, and oh, mate, it was what horrendous. Was it? I'll find it for you at the end. It was some aggressive, oh, angry, brilliant. angry music, mate. mate, no, mate there'll be some angry guys go to get, like, it's one of the reasons I go. There's anger in me, and I'm like, Here's a healthy way I can get rid of it. You need to listen to some 60s soul or something. I like, man, I like a bit of that. I like a bit of that. But that's a loving mood. For yeah. BJJ, I'm a, no. And training, yeah. I'll take that anger that I've got. Because it is, in, I think it's in every man. Like you said, you, you know, you want to be a bit dangerous. And I think you can use a bit of anger to fuel that. I'll put on my angry music and I'm like, right. Rather than take shit out on the people that I love, I'm going to take it out in the gym. Yeah. Or BJJ. Or something like that. It helps, all right? Because there's some angry guys out there. 
that don't have an outlet. Yeah. So it spills into their relationship. Oh, for sure, yeah. Spills into their family, their kids, their wife. So yeah, I'm all, I'm all down for everyone trying BJJ or some form of physical exercise. Like I say, the answers are there. It just depends who's going to do it, I guess. Yeah, for sure. What's next for Kevin Webb? Uh, we're just going to keep building the club. I, I'd like to I'd like to still compete a little bit, I think. People keep asking. I kind of get in the, the bug again to kind of get and compete. So if I can if I can find a show that will have me on there, um, you know, I'm a bit old and a bit kind of, uh, my name's not really out there that much, but I still think there's a lot of the guys out there that I think I could do quite well. And because I'm training full-time now, I'm in the best shape I've ever been in. So I think, you know, I could, I could do myself justice. So I'd like to compete a little bit, keep building the club, keep keep doing that type of thing you know keep i mean my life's amazing so yeah. you know i'd like there to still be a few challenges out there that's why i'm thinking about competing again but past that i'll just I'm, I'm, if i do this for the next 20 years i'll be a happy man it's great for the next 40 years i'll be a really happy man so what's your weight category uh what's my weight now or yeah more weight category be? well no what yeah what's your weight now and what would you fight in uh, so I'm about 92 at the moment this morning when I weigh myself I'd probably get into under 88 something like that I don't want to weight cut too much you know no. um, you're a unit What what's your body fat sitting at now uh, I, I, I haven't measured it for ages mate wow. um, you know I'll do it with clients put the calipers on but uh, you know it's higher than I'd like it to be do you know what I mean but one of my black belts Tom Corhe is looking absolutely shredded at the moment and I, it makes me want to kind of sort my diet out my training's pretty good but my diet's atrocious, so you know, I think if I if I clean my is your really diet good, not, not good? No, my diet's not great, but I train no. really hard. Yeah, to, to, do, yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah. to allow it not to be not to yeah. be great. But uh, yeah, my diet's not my diet's not amazing. It's not terrible. It's like it's like a normal it's like a normal diet. But I'll I'll eat what I want to eat, and if I want some sweets, I'll have some sweets and that type Fair of thing. Fair enough, you can get away with it. Yeah. yeah, I love I love sitting at about 88, 90 kilos in a t shirt. But then when I take my t shirt off, I'm not happy. So I've got two different weights. I've got eighty four and eighty eight. Yeah, yeah. t shirt or topless. Well, yeah, completely different look. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing what four or five kilos can do on a oh. 90 kilo man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're already like me, and you're already in great shape. But yeah, if you lost four kilos, you'd probably shredded. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like I say, sure. uh, I don't know what advantage that would be. Well, I guess oh, it's huge, it huge would be in combat sports. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, 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 is that I, the top I, end then? Um, what's what do you mean the top? Is end? That, would you be one of the heaviest in that weight category? We, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, you always want to be the heaviest of your yeah. weight category. I mean, that's the, you know, I toyed with doing um, weight cutting for my master's degree. Um, so I kind of read a lot of the research for it, and then, and then moved away from it just because I didn't want to be going around collecting piss samples at MMA shows on people and things like that to see what their hydration levels were. But uh, so but I've read a lot of the stuff and I wrote, I wrote the lit review for it. I went quite heavy down that that road, so I know quite a lot about the research of it. And I mean, it's shocking. It's so unhealthy, mm. yet the benefits are undeniable. So then you've got a problem yeah. as, as a coach in that like you've got the healthy option, but there's there's clearly performance advantages to coming in, you know, massively weighing and massively underweight, then coming in the next day over overweight and being the heaviest in your weight category. Less of an advantage in something like jujitsu where it's same day weighing. You know, if you've got like that 24-hour recovery period where you can bloat back up again, yeah. then huge, huge advantages to it. Yeah. Especially in the early rounds, I think a lot of it starts to manifest. Like, you know, if you're doing a championship five-minute, five-five-minute rounds or a box, boxers tend to cut less, but they they've got they're fighting for a lot, lot longer. Mm. I think 20 minutes, you'll be you'll you'll have a huge advantage with that. I think it starts to manifest itself more in the later later rounds with those huge weight cuts. But yeah, yeah, huge advantage to to, to okay. weight cutting. So obviously, being on the Better Man podcast, this is a good question for us to end on. What do you have to work on to become a better man? Um, 
That's a good, that's a deep question, isn't it? Yeah, we like deep questions on this podcast. Um, should have prepped for me before I came here, mate. I no, I'd like to put people on the spot here on this one. Um, if it helps, I've got fucking loads of things that I could throw in here. Jesus. Um, I mean, to, just to keep doing what I'm all already doing, I think, to be honest with you, keep researching, keep trying to listen to people that, uh, you know, I, I const constantly, but I try and do this anyway, but I'm constantly looking at things I need to Im improve on, like personal things, whether it be like things to do with my attitude, whether it's kind of, you know, procrastinating over things, whether it's, um, you know, even things like with my training and things like that. So, you know, you, cause you, you, I suppose you could break them down into categories, couldn't you? You could look at like, well, as in general life, you know, as a family man, what am I doing to improve? What am I doing to spend more time with my kids? Am I mm -hmm. doing enough on that side of things? Then my physical training, I'm constantly kind of assessing what I'm doing, changing my programs, tweaking things. My jujitsu, I'm constantly researching and evolving. You know, you know, my jujitsu looks nothing like it looked five years ago, for instance. So I think, I think with everything I do, I'm constantly trying to, evaluate and having good metrics to measure that because that's I think the problem with a lot of things with improvement whether it be a, an improvement in your life is like well how are you measuring what you're doing what's your what's your metric for improvement and then once you've got a decent measure of that then it's it's fairly easy to kind of improve your life but certain things like you know how do you become a better family man what's the metric for measuring that mm. what's the metric for measuring happiness and things like that you know because I'm really happy man my life's great so I want to I want to keep keep moving forward with with what I'm doing to be honest with you keep healthy yeah. and you know make sure I don't deteriorate so I can't do what I'm going to do. Um, That's interesting. That question or not. Yeah, and there's there's clearly a strong link between your ability to keep growing and your happiness, right? Because yeah. you've got that attitude, I think, of like you always want to get better at stuff. I think that's where the happiness comes from. I don't think you'd experience happiness if you weren't growing. Yeah. That's what I've experienced in my life anyway. If I'm growing and I'm learning, I'm getting better. I'm being challenged, uh, therefore I'm happier. Mm -hmm. What would be the metric outside? Like, forget Jim for a minute because you're a pro at that. Forget BJJ, you're a pro at that. Like, if we were looking at like family life, dad, husband, mm -hmm. like, although we might not metric it, like, what would be your definition of like maybe a better dad or a better husband? Like, how do we look at that? Well, I think you, d you do need a measure of it. That's the problem, but it's hard to find that measure of it. Um, but the, you know, the happiness of your kids, speaking to your kids, making sure you know you're asking them. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I speak to my kids all the time, and I'm like, you know, what what do you want to do? What can we do better? What's you know, what, what's what's making you feel this way? Like those sort of things. Um, just making time. I think that's the that's the thing that um, you know, and, and time's an easy thing to measure. You know, um, I'm divorced from my ex-wife, who I've got the kids with, so I don't see enough of my kids as it is. And then when I do have them, I find that. I'm too busy, like I'll, I'll be watching jujitsu fights or something like that, and I sometimes have to pull myself out of that and make sure I'm, I'm spending time with them. And it's not just time, though; it's quality time. So of it's, course, you know, yeah. forcing yourself to do the things that you might not want to do. I yeah. don't want to go and play princesses with my daughters, but if that's yeah. what they need, you got to go and do it, type thing. So um, again, it's a really difficult question, um, but I think just constantly sitting down and evaluating, you know, what what could you do better? You know, are your kids happy? Are you doing enough for them? You know. Mm. I don't know, it's a, it's a difficult one. It is. It? I love what you've just said, though, about asking them questions, like sitting them down and saying, actually, because sometimes like, we don't know what people around us want yeah. or need. So I think that question of just saying to your kids or your partner, whoever it is, like, what can I do to be a better dad? What can I do to be a better husband? Because sometimes yeah. we need that 
instruction and direction, right? And it's hard, and it's hard to do that thing. I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm big on apologising to my kids. I, I do it all the time, and I don't think people do that enough, you know? Um, and I think if my kids see that I'm happy to admit when I'm in the wrong, then they'll be able to kind of self-evaluate a little bit more rather than just get yeah. into arguments, you know? Um, I, can, I can lose my rag with my kids a bit too quick and things like that, and I see them really upset, and I have to go in there and apologise and go, I was wrong, man, like, yeah. you know? It's, it's hard to do that. I mean, I, I do it quite... I've done it quite a bit, so, you know, they're, they're kind of used to hearing me apologise for, for things like that. But, you know, it's... I think it's difficult for people to, you know, especially with their kids, to admit they were wrong sometimes. And I think that's a, that's a healthy thing for kids to, to see and witness. Um, so I try and, I try and do that. Um, and like you like say, like, just speaking to them, asking them questions. Yeah, I think it is very healthy for that. For that it's healthy for them, to, for them to see you make mistakes as well. But the correcting is the important part, isn't yeah. it? And my mentor, Jeff, always says, as long as maybe those kind of like mistakes that you're making, you know, there's more gap in between them, like that, then that's cool. Like you're human, you're going to make mistakes. But I think one being aware of it, because sometimes men can be stubborn as fuck. Yeah, and they I'm, won't, I'm they, they, they won't apologize and they'll dig deeper. That's yeah. kind of like, you know, the path I went down for a, for a long time. But yeah, I think like if we relate it to the physical world, like, you want to set an example by doing, don't you? You don't want to tell your kids to eat well if you're eating shit. You don't want to tell your kids yeah, to yeah. train if you're sitting on the couch. So I think of it like that as anything. Like if you want your kids to be able to apologise, but I'm careful what I say here because I'm not a parent. Yeah, it's, it, and that's you know, um, the guy I've got the gym with, Tom Grandjean. He's he's just had a daughter, but I, I used to laugh with another guy at the gym because he's like, well, kids are easy. Just do this. Just do that. And uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's in the midst of massive sleep deprivation and me and Paul just look at him, yeah. kids are easy, mate, surely. Yeah, yeah. And he turns around and goes, yeah, yeah, they're easy, they're easy. He, he can't admit that no, it's like I'm that. not that ignorant. I mean, I had a heavy weekend out on partying and didn't get much sleep. And the difference in me when I've slept versus not is... Yeah, oh, that sleep deprivation yeah. thing, man. People don't, people don't understand quite what it's like when you've got a kid that's... And it's not just sleep deprivation for a couple of days. You're talking like two years for yeah. some, some parents. It's like, it's rough and that's just the kids. I can imagine. I can imagine. The kids, obviously, they won't give a fuck, right? They don't care whether you've slept or not. Nah, they're two or they're three. They need yeah. what they need. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like having a dog. Like, your dog doesn't give a fuck if you're depressed. It just wants to walk. Like, yeah, it's exactly. the same as having kids. But, uh, Kev, I've loved speaking to you, man. I could speak to you for hours and we could talk about all sorts. But one thing, it's so fucking hot in here. Mate, it's roasting. I'm I glad know. you're sweating a little bit as well. My, my feet no, are sat, sat here dripping. <laughs> no, it is absolutely roasting here. I could put the fan on, but then you can hear the fan all through the episode. So, uh, mate, what a pleasure. And no, I'm looking pleasure, forward mate. to. Um, I'm looking forward to doing more. I'm lo looking forward to learning off you. Cool. That's for sure. So no, awesome uh, having you on the mats, mate. When are you coming back then? Well, do New Yorkshire Free Peaks this week. Yeah. So touch wood. If everything's all good, I'll be back next week. But I'm gonna okay. do. I'm gonna jump in at the beginners course again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I got into this stupid attitude of like, if I can't roll, I'm not going. And I thought, no, no, no. Just, just one, just turn up. Yeah, yeah. Just show your face, turn up, and even if it's the beginners course again, I'm gonna learn, aren't I? Yeah, but yeah, but the beginners class is slightly different to the beginners course. The beginners course was just like, like. Oh, okay, right. right I got the beginners yeah. classes have got like, you know, it's almost like the intermediate. Got level yeah. starts to come in different techniques and things like oh, that. Oh, that's fine then. I was so thinking it was like the beginner's course. No, a lot of people like those classes because like the, 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 the month class, the advanced classes just focus on one area and as a beginner, that's not what you want. You don't need a deep study of yeah. back control. You just want a little bit from here and a little bit from there and then yeah. kind of piece it together slowly. Yeah, so. I'll give you a few weeks off. I won't roll with you again for a few weeks. Yeah, you want to roll with me, Matt, but I'll just take it easy on you this time. No, because now I know, yeah, now I know you'll give it me a little bit, but now I'll, uh, I'll, be, I'll be back, mate. Mate, that was great. Awesome. Loved it. No, thank, thank you, you so very much. much. Cheers, thank Alex. You.